All right. What's up, Stu? What's up, Kevin? It's been a while. It's been a while. We are actually sitting in a different location right now uh, in my living room rather than our recording studio. We felt like it was more open out here. Yeah, you can hear the, what is it, the waters? The water, the, the bird chirping. In the yeah. background. It's pretty zen. Yeah. I like the vibe. Me too. What are we talking about today? We're talking about competition. Um, this was kind of inspired when we were catching up earlier um, in talking about uh, competition, its uses, um, why it's good, what you could use it for, um, how you should think of competition, how you shouldn't. Like uh, a healthy way of thinking about it. Correct. Um, and so that's what we're talking about today. Um, competition. What is it? What is competitions doing? Hmm. That's so broad, but I'm going to make an attempt to define what I think it is. Yeah. Um, I think it ultimately is a form of an obstacle. Mm -hmm. An obstacle that you must overcome. It may not be a metric, you know, it may not be another person, it may it may sometimes be yourself, but regardless of what it is, it's something that you're trying to overcome. Mm. You know. It may be in a specific time frame, it may be a specific goal that you have to achieve, it may be a specific score or ranking or some sort of point system that points out whether your result is uh, I guess favorable. Mm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think the core of what it is is overcoming an obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that definition. Um, I think for me, um, competition, I think it's something that's really useful to drive you uh, to accomplish more than you thought you, you yourself could. And you use others as a system of accountability to push you to... Um, the limits that you thought were possible and sometimes by just having mere you know peers or companions who are trying to accomplish greatness together uh, that you as a team in a sense maybe you're not you're competing against each other but in, in essence you're kind of like a team trying to challenge the status quo and become the best version of yourself and you work with each other and utilize each other uh, in that aspect so that you could prove that to yourself or prove um, of what thought you what you thought was impossible to be possible yeah I think yeah. that's a it's a good way to think about it uh, it's it's very easy to get into the mindset that competition is just about me beating another person or another team you know or me being better than the other person but yeah. I think at the end of it all, it's it's about what is it that I can do that's in my control to give myself the best chance for the best outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not really about you know ah I, I lost to the other person I'm better than the other person. You know, I think there's a very it can be very easy to get your judgment clouded and go down down that that loophole, mm -hmm. um, that trap so to speak. But it's it's about finding basically what it is you're trying to accomplish and doing it as best as you can. Sometimes it may be involved with other teams, other people, you know, other companies, whatnot, trying to do the same thing that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. It's just seeing who can do it the best. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's very true. I think you brought up a really good point too. 
um, by saying that it's not about trying to beat other people or that me versus you attitude. I think when people hear the word competition, uh, sometimes that can be translated into that kind of sentiment. Their guards come up. And that kind of pressure, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, uh, it's a competition. I have to beat you, right? In a s essence, yeah. Yeah, in theory, yeah, you might be outperforming that... someone. You might There might be winner or losers. I can't, I'm not saying that there isn't that. But I think when it, it's dangerous when you only think of it that way, right? Um, and it, it, it doesn't have to be about beating someone else. It's more about, like you said, being the best version of yourself and utilizing your peers who are competing against you to show you what is possible and push you to challenge what you thought was possible in yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. not about superiority or inferiority mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. if anything you know since we're talking about the the title winners and losers mm -hmm. right maybe you you may have quote-unquote lost because the score is lower than your competitor mm -hmm. right you did not do as many sales as your competitor maybe you did not complete a deadline on a project as quick as your competitor right or some sort of metric was secondary you know it wasn't first it wasn't first place i think what's important is when you lose and the reason why competition is is good and health can be healthy is when you lose it, it forces you to to dissect and think about why you lost right i think that's the true beauty of competition it's not it's of course winning's good everyone likes winning that that's a given but even in defeat you know, or, or a loss, you can benefit greatly from it. In fact, you probably benefit more so when you lose in a comp competitive atmosphere than when you win. Mm -hmm. I actually very much agree with that. I think when you lose, that means you have so much, so much more opportunities to, so many more opportunities to uh, improve and learn and grow. Like if you're always first place, it's like, it's like when you win, you party, but when yeah. you lose, you ponder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's an exciting thing. It's how you frame it. Right. So if you do lose in competition, that's a great opportunity. And it tells you that, Hey, you have so much more to learn. And that's an exciting thing versus if you're always winning, not to say that winning is bad, but like when you win, you're going to have to self-reflect even more when you win, because you have to reflect on yourself to see, Hey, how can I be? my own personal best. How can I be, you know, not complacent? Correct. And you need to have that drive for sure if you're if you if you're always winning. But either way, I think you should be driven whether you're winning or or losing, but be able to frame it in a sense of, "Hey, how can I be better the next time?" And the competition allows you to just get that extra pressure. It's almost like like when you're doing something just to do it, it's fine. But when you add that competition element to it, or you add like, oh, I'm about to go compete for this. The competition is this day. I need to prepare myself for that. And you improve and push yourself much harder because you know there's that deadline. I'm going to ask you this too, you know, mm -hmm. speak human about human nature. Do, mm -hmm. do you think it's inherent that all of us more or less have a desire to outdo another person do you think that's part of human nature outdo i think it's or a desire to be to be the best human nature i think it's a tendency for sure 
I, I think I don't, I don't really have any scientific evidence or proof of this, but um, I'll give you an example. Yeah, very arbitrary. But the other day, you know, I was I was with my two nephews. One's you know two and a half. The other one just turned one mm-hmm. recently. Um, today, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. Today, nice. Like, like pretty much today. Happy birthday! To Happy your birthday nephew. to Desmond. Um, and I would sometimes walk with them to the park. You know, on my days off. With, with family and just kind of see and observe how kids behave on a playground. I love watching kids on a playground. Mm-hmm. Not in that creepy pedophile way, but like... <laughs> that can easily turn into... Right, like, that's out of context. Yeah. I, I love watching the way kids behave with each other on the playground. That, that's a better way to frame it. Mm-hmm. Because kids are unlike adults. They're unfiltered. Yeah. They're totally raw. They show all their emotions and they leave it out on the table. They leave nothing behind right mm-hmm. jealousy envy anger happiness joy sadness you see it all in the span of five minutes yeah. on, a, on a playground mm-hmm. right I, so basically what i observed was one of the kids it wasn't my my two nephews one of the kids they were taller than all the other kids right yeah. they're a little bigger right right and he was able to reach a monkey bar that the other kids weren't able to reach right so naturally, every, everyone gravita- gravitated towards looking like, how do I get to that monkey bar as well, right? The shorter ones that are struggling, they're, they're still trying, but everyone's just immediately fixated on the kid who is able to get to the highest point of the monkey bar. And I just thought that was really interesting. It's very subtle. You know, if you're just observing and not really paying attention, you just see, it's just a bunch of kids playing on a playground, but it, you can see that all of their attentions for what, whatever they were doing, wherever they were on the playground, focused on that kid who was at the highest point. Because I think in their heads, they they were able to discern, maybe through instincts, that, wow, that's a difficult feat to accomplish. And I want to be able to accomplish that feat as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that, at its rawest form, even at, at a very young age, kind of shows that there is this human drive to to get there, to get to that apex, so to speak. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a really, really weird yeah. analogy, I, but for sure, <laughs> I think there's at least got to be some sort of instinctual thing to be alpha. That's why we want to have status. That's why we want significance. That's why we want, you know, certainty because it's like a survival mechanism in us. And I think um, it's just all about how you frame it, right, and how you utilize it, how you leverage the thought of competition to your benefit to be better for yourself right yeah we were talking about your um the tai chi right yeah you recently had like a competition i did you even flew overseas for that competition yes like tell us a little bit more about that yeah well a year and a half ago i read this book called the art of learning and who was it written by uh josh waitzkin josh waitzkin yes okay and is recommended to me by Tim Ferriss. I was listening to his podcast or something like that, and he recommended it. So I was saying, okay, let me give it a listen. So I listened to the book. Um, I finished the book in probably about three days. I have a very long commute, so I knocked it out. Um, and I was entranced by the way he described Tai Chi. And uh, in, in the book, it's not all about Tai Chi. He kind of like, uh, is a chess prodigy and he eventually picks up Tai Chi uh, because he was struggling of the pressures of competition. 
that's another pretty, topic. Pretty interesting that we're talking about competition. This book comes up. Um, and then he goes into Tai Chi because it was like an escape for him. And then his master tells him to go compete for Tai Chi. And he ends up competing in the Tai Chi World Championships, right? And he ends up becoming a champion, a world champion in Tai Chi. Uh, push hands. And the way he described that competition made me so interested in Tai Chi that immediately after reading that book, I searched up uh, different Tai Chi studios or places I can go learn uh, Tai Chi. And I found um, a studio that was pretty local. It looks pretty legit. It seems like they actually had some people go compete in that competition in the past. So I was like, oh, this is really awesome. Maybe I should go search it up. And then I go, I join the class, and a year later, I'm going to that same competition. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty surreal. Yeah, pretty surreal uh, that the author wrote about. Um, but I knew going in, too, is like, I know if by doing this thing, I want to compete because I know that would help me be better rather than just practicing it just to practice. I think that's great, too. But I think, I like, literally the first day that I joined that class, I told my master, hey, like, I really want to do competition. I really want to, like, compete in Tai Chi because I read a book about it, X, Y, and Z. And he said, okay, you know, um, you know, you can practice with us, X, Y, and Z. And a, a year later, I just practiced every day for that competition. And then I ended up there. Yeah. You practice every day. Not, I mean, like, or, or con I had class, like, two times a week and then consistently practicing every day. Yeah. I see. Yeah. How was the competition like? Was it anything like you experienced before? Because it was overseas in Taiwan, right? It was overseas in Taiwan. Um, it, it was, I think, surreal for me as just an experience to be even a part of it. Um, to be in that place that I told myself that I would do a year and a half, a year and a half ago and actually be a part of it and competing in it. Um, but to describe the competition, it was a lot of people, a lot of them were, you know, older, um, Taiwanese people competing, uh, in the competition. They were the host of the, the world cup. Um, and there was a lot of great martial artists there, man. You could see, you know, some of these people have been practicing for probably 10, 20 years and they're really good at what they do. Um, super focused, super, uh, you know, focused um and when when you do when you see them do their tai chi it's so graceful and it's so peaceful it's you know very precise movements and so i think overall it's a, a really great experience a lot of competitors there um i think there were thousands of people there for sure competing in different like divisions and groups what was your i guess sort of biggest takeaway or was there was there a moment during that this whole journey that was really mm -hmm. eye-opening to you yeah, I think um, really just to kind of reflect on, you know, how reading can like almost change your life just by like being inspired by a single idea. Um, like having that idea manifest in your head correct. and you actually going out to do it yeah. and then achieving it. 100%. And um, I think that, that for me, that was the biggest thing, but also like, hey, if you read something and you're really interested in it, take immediate action on it and see where it takes you. Just dive right in. Dive right in. Because I think a lot of the times when you digest or read an interesting idea, you don't really 
take on act on it to implement it into your life and integrate it and make a commitment towards something to improve your life in some fashion. Then it's lost in translation. It gets lost, right? You're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll do it one day, Maybe. right? Maybe, right? And I think for me, the biggest takeaway is like, hey, like if you ever find something interesting or you find something uh, that piques your curiosity, uh, chase it, see where it takes you, commit to it. And who knows, it might just, you know, take you to somewhere that might improve your life or be interesting for yourself. And yeah, I mean, I, that's what I would say regarding that. Yeah, yeah it, it sounds like a lot of your your competitive energy is not so much competing with others. It's it's almost like a competition with yourself. Yeah, to like, see if I could do it. <laughs> how, do I, how do I add that other wrinkle or other layer to myself? How do I propel myself to a new limit? Correct. Like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about yourself, man? I know you you competed a lot in tennis. How did you think of competition in tennis? And yeah, what was that like? It's an interesting dichotomy. I'm I'm more a little bit opposite of you. You know, I'm propelled by. Ironically, we're talking about it's not about beating the other person. I am propelled more or less by having someone or some other thing to outdo or overcome. Interesting. So. I don't stress about it if I don't beat the other person, mm -hmm. so to speak. You know, I shake on it. Great game. You outdid me. You were better than me. I can accept that. Yeah. But if we rewind all the way back, because I played a lot of, I did a lot more competitive tennis when I was at a younger age. Mm -hmm. I did not like it at first, initially, you know. Why? Because I didn't like getting my ass kicked. Right? No one likes losing. No. Losing is not a good feeling, but I lost so much at a young age and just got got my ass handed to me, basically, like tournament after tournament. You cannot even get past first or second round of these, you know, 64-player draw tournaments, right? That have like five to, five to six, seven rounds deep, Yeah. right? And what's funny is I lost so much that when I got the chance to win my first match, it gave me so much confidence because the, I guess the accumulation of just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment mm -hmm. led to that, that aha moment, that breakthrough of like, oh, I've had a taste of, of victory. This is what victory feels like, and it is possible. Mm -hmm. you know. But a lot of it I have to thank because my parents you know, really forced me to keep going at it, even though I kept losing. You know? And so after I got a small taste of it, it got more and more appealing to me. And you're able to compete and kind of shake out the butterflies. Because I know like a lot of times when there's a result that's on the line or you know, there's an end goal and it feels like everything's on the line, you have to be able to just kind of separate that emotion or the butterflies in your stomach from the outcome. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of like other things, you know, like if you're if you're doing like business, right? If you're working on a project, if you are so absorbed on the deadline or the quota, then you let that quota and that deadline consume you. Mm -hmm. You let the, the score, the scorecard for the match impact how you perform, you know, yeah. how you think. Do you have any like specific self-talk that, that helps you remind yourself of that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of point out some of the worst of the worst and the best of the best. You know, okay. Self-doubt, like I am very, very toxic and critical of myself uh when i was competing a lot more back then you know i would just tell myself that like you lost that point 
you're an idiot, you're worthless, come on dude, like you did this perfectly 10 times during practice, why can't you, why can't you find it, so quote unquote find it, when it matters during a match, like the crucial moments, there's always this breaking point in your mind where you're thinking like, okay, my, my worth as a human being is nothing, because I can't, I can't find the spark, so to speak, you know, at, at the right time, but I think what helped alleviate that pressure was playing an age group up. So we were talking about this a little bit before. What, what does it mean by playing an age group up? For example, if I was 10 years old, I'd purposely sign up and compete in a 12-year-old, 12 to 13-year-old tournament. Because then that quote-unquote pressure kind of gets removed. Because you're the youngest kid in the tournament, right? You're not supposed to win. And when you remove that outcome of, oh, I'm supposed to win, I'm supposed to advance to the next round, then you can play a little bit more open. You can play more freely because even if I lose, right, so what? I was not supposed to be the kid who's who's two to three years older than me because I have a physical disadvantage, right? But what that also taught me was you cannot use your physical advantage as an excuse to not compete. You have to overcome this obstacle by tapping into your mental strength. You cannot beat your opponent physically. So you have to really, really elevate, let's say the opponent's 20% physically stronger than you, right? If you want to quantify it by percentage, then you have to be 120% mentally stronger than the other person to even be even, to even have a fighting chance, Mm -hmm. right? And that was really eye-opening for me when I realized, hey, if you don't worry about the results and you just go out there and leave it all on the table, a lot of times the results actually turn out better. You know, I would... I had a taste where I would advance past the second or third. I thought, if I get to the second round, I'm, I'm happy. Like, I, I've accomplished more than I expected already. And then, boom, like you accidentally get into the third round. Not accidentally, but you know, by a stroke of luck, you get into the third round. Then you're in the quarterfinals. <laughs> then you're in the semifinals. You're like, holy moly. Like Your perceived limitation or your perceived fair fear of losing all of a sudden just starts fading away. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I got that first taste or access of, of competition at a young age. That's really interesting that it's you really say that. So essentially what you did was you went up in weight class. Mm-hmm. So you put some, you, you made yourself an artificial like, situation, an artificial situation to help you overcome the fear of losing, overcome the fear of losing. But not only that, I bet you those people were really good too. They were, yeah, they're probably better than you were, and that probably made you better too. You're forced to be better. Yeah. So, this is kind of how competition is, if used correctly and appropriately, can mm-hmm. propel you to limits that you could not imagine, yeah. beyond limits you cannot imagine. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. So it's like it depends on who you compete with, on how. Like if you compete with people who aren't that good, you're, you're only you're great. You're, then you then you and you're the best out of the pack then you'll only stay at that level. Exactly. I'd rather, I learned from a concept from, you know, my mother that it's better to be the worst of the best yeah. than to be the best, best of the worst. worst. Oh, wow. That's a good quote. It's, it's very humbling. It's very humbling. So I'd rather be the best, no, the worst of the best than the best of the worst. Yes. Right? You're the master of none, right? Yeah. Versus, you know, you're, fighting insurmountable odds but if you even accidentally achieve 
half of what you set out to do, you still come won. out pretty you good. Already yeah. won. <laughs> Even though I lost, I won because I have two plus years yeah. more time than you to get to that stage, you know, and I really lost nothing yeah. other than the score was not good. Other than the outcome was not desired, but it's the learning phase, you know, it's having your ass handed to you. Number one, getting used to losing, mm-hmm. but number two, learning to not use other external factors as an excuse as to why you lost. And number three, put pushing yourself to stretch goals mm-hmm. and then seeing if you can even hit a stretch goal Yeah, that helps propel you to that next level. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Um, it was a really eye opening experience, but I mean, there, there are other things too, you know, it doesn't have to be sports. Like what, what are other examples that, that, you know, are, are relevant? That you can think of, because uh, we kind of talked about tai chi and tennis. Those are more sports related, you know, uh, activities. I think like um, I think almost uh, you know even in the workplace too, it's you can use it, but I don't use it so much in the workplace. I'm more very competitive within myself. So I always ask myself the question, at least the self-talk that I have is like, did I give every ounce of effort that I could today? And if the answer is no, then... There's no maybe. There's only yes or no. Yeah, yes or no. You have to be brutally honest with yourself. You got to be brutally honest. Like, did I give the effort that I should have today, right? Maybe not every ounce because you're going to burn out like that because obviously, like, it's not healthy to do that every day, I would say. Because uh, I have done that before and I have burned out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's like, hey, did I put every ounce of effort that I should have today? And if the answer is yes, then good. Keep doing that. And then see, then review your results. Okay, is this the results that you're hoping for? If the answer is no, okay. Um, what, what could you possibly tweak to improve these results? I think, so I always ask myself that question. It's always like, hey, you know, d- number one is... Did I put in the effort that I should have today? And then number two, I would say is like, hey, is there anything that I could have done today better and more effectively and efficiently to accomplish the result that I'm doing? So I ask myself that second question. And then I reflect on those, then I compare my results. And if my results are improving, then great. If they're not, then, you know, what's going on there? And I don't mind being consistent either. So like sometimes I need to build a rhythm once I get to a specific level, once I'm at a specific level, I say, okay, let me see if I can replicate that result with my current rhythm. Then when I have downtime, I reflect on that and I say, okay, what can I do to improve this so I can take the next step? Up the rhythm. Yeah, you get what I mean? And then make that the next status quo. So that's kind of the way that I see, at least in the workplace, of competition within myself. Like small wins, not big wins, but just small consistent wins that accumulate. Big Every day is like, hey, am I, am I, Am I doing things better? Am I being a better version of myself? Am I doing things the best way that I can be doing to achieve the results that I want? So those are, I would say, I'm very competitive with myself on that. And I know what my standard is and what I should be accomplishing. And if I'm not accomplishing that, then I know I need to gear it up a notch, right? And so I think it's just a matter of, of setting that standard for yourself. And being in work, I think it's especially important to be only competitive with yourself 
because no one likes someone who's like at the office place, like trying to be blatantly competitive with you. And like I'm better than you. It's like annoying. So. Like no one wants to work with that kind of person, right? Like it's better if you're consistently just trying to compete with yourself, right? I'm yeah. not. I'm not trying to stand in anybody's way. Yeah. yeah. You do you. I'm gonna do me. And it's better. It's. I think it's far more healthier than that. So I think competition in a workplace, if if it's competition within yourself and among yourself. I think it's healthy. But if you try to like uh, create an environment where you're competing against each other, then it can be fun. But as long as it's not taken personally, I think that's where, where the, the line has to be drawn yeah. is friendly competition versus it sounds yeah. like a paradox, right? right. But I, I have experienced forms of healthy competition and forms of unhealthy competition, yeah. you know, whether it's on a sports team or with coworkers, there, right. there are times you have to be able to draw that line. I think if used correctly, it, it definitely does help. Mm -hmm. It can propel you because when you add the element of fun mm -hmm. to competition, you know, it, it removes that fear of, of losing, right? You're not playing not to lose. You're playing to win. Mm -hmm. I think that's another important aspect of it is playing not to lose, mm -hmm. playing to win. Mm -hmm. do, do you know what I, what I mean by that, so to speak? Just uh, elaborate on the distinction. Like... Playing not to lose might be like, okay, let's say, you know, I have to make 100 phone calls today, mm -hmm. right? If you're playing not to lose, you might attempt 20 phone calls. They all go horribly bad, mm -hmm. right? And because you're afraid of what the other 80 phone calls are going to look like, you've only made 50 phone calls today when you could have or should have made 100 mm -hmm. to hit your your quote-unquote stretch goal or your minimum threshold of what you're trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. right? Versus if you're playing to win, you might not sit, view it as, oh, I had 20 bad phone calls, right? You might view it as, great, I have 80 more chances to make a better phone call than I did the first 20. Mm -hmm. And in those 80 phone calls after the first 20, there's going to be an opportunity for me to land something, mm -hmm. you know? So coming back to perspective yeah. being the best version and seeing how could i have done how could i be better exactly yeah you, you cannot get halted by that fear yeah. or that trauma of losing or defeat or failure mm -hmm. you have to see it as this is another opportunity to propel myself and push a new limit push mm -hmm. a new boundary that's awesome man yeah anything I, you want to add to that no man i think that's a good place to to end this topic around competition i think we talked about a lot examples, uh, how to frame competition, how to use it to your advantage. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Stuart? I guess for those that, are, that have made it this far, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our, our cast, podcast. Um, I guess think about instances in your life, you know, where you may have taking the competition way too seriously, overstress yourself, right? Or, and see how you can detach that anxiety or that, that stress from, from the competition element, but also reflect on maybe one or two examples where the competition actually did push you beyond a limit that you thought was possible. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. And once again, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review uh, we'd appreciate to hear your thoughts on our podcast. And if you would like to suggest a topic 
uh, feel free to email us or tweet at us and our links are in the description in the podcast and we'd love to connect with you guys and until next time guys thanks